Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Ardent Run Club. I'm Tommy, I'm your host, and I'm back. It's been a little while, been getting a few things sorted with the business and um, been on holiday, which is nice, very nice, very hot, but it's good to be back. Today I'm joined by an Irish athlete who lives in the Northeast. He's been involved in Northeast, Northeast Athletics for, what's it, three to four years. He's a coach, athlete, official, and chairman and, and administrator of Durham City Harriers. Here to talk with me about his running and the role and function of athletics clubs in these modern times. Please join me in welcoming Ian Rin. Hey, so good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the show, and you know, once once you're on the show, you're uh, you finally made it. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. I've I've made a lot of people famous. So so welcome. Join the club. Join the club. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is it for me. I'm broken out. Now, aren't you? <laughs> uh, how you doing today, Ken? Yeah, good, good. It's just uh just just working away really. So uh yeah um yeah. Nice one, man. Nice. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, I, I appreciate um, I appreciate you have uh, you being here with me today, and um, obviously got a lot to talk about. Um, like your running, obviously how you got involved as club administrator. Uh, but before we do, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what got you into running, and how long you've been doing it for? Um, I guess yeah. yeah. No worries. So yeah, my name's Ian. I'm 27 years old. I've been living in the northeast of England now for four years. I moved over to complete my PhD in uh, in uh, Durham University in 2018, and I've been running since 2010 when I was about 14, 15. That's when I started getting into athletics at a at a at a higher level. So um, I think probably uh, I my first ever race was was probably the point where I'd say I, I was running seriously, and that was. The 22nd of July 2012, I did a 10k, and then after that, the next day, I signed up for a marathon, and uh, that's, that's, that's the history ever since then. <laughs> How does that make sense? I don't know. I, I just I always knew when I was a kid that a marathon was like the toughest distance to do, and I didn't have much of a background in athletics, so I just knew that oh. like, uh, oh, marathons are a tough race. So if you want to prove you're hard, you should do a marathon. So I think it was that was the day of my 17th birthday. I did a 10k, and I was like, that was good but you know it wasn't good enough so i'm gonna i'm gonna go sign up for That's something hard back, back home they have a it's a race series they do a 10k a 10 mile a half marathon and a full marathon it's all sort of part of the same race series leading up to the dublin marathon every year in october so it's kind of a very nice lead-in for the amateur athlete to kind of like build it up and race every month one of these distances so i sort of like had a very nice runway in but I remember I was running at that time and I was still in school. So I go into school one day and one of the girls is like, oh, you know, my dad's in like an athletics club. You should go down and, and train with them. I go down and, I, and I, they're like, so what sort of distances are you doing? It's like, well, I'm signed up for the marathon. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why? You're yeah. like 17. <laughs> That's what you I'm run saying. Marathons. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, what, do they allow youths and teenagers to do marathons? They don't. You have to be uh, 18 years old to run a marathon, but there isn't a bunch of, you know, bouncers checking your ID at the uh, start of the races. There. Yeah, you say, yes, I'm 18, and they'll let you run a marathon. There you so. go. There you go. <laughs> I hope none of those officials are listening, because then they'll invalidate yeah, your time. Retroactively ban me from the, <laughs> a race I did over 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, delete all the pictures off, this, off the internet, yeah, before they catch you. 
No, that's awesome, man. So were you good at running straight away, or was it like, okay, obviously, you, you 22nd of July, 2010, you say, 2010? 2012 was my oh, first race. Oh, 2012, right. That, well, that, okay, so that was quite amateur. Like, I, I'd never run more than maybe 4 or 5K, okay. and I did it on my own with no training and no coaching, so I never, I didn't even know what was a good time, you know, like, or what yeah. was any pacing, forget about it. I had no technique, no, no nothing. I didn't know about tempo sessions, interval sessions, or long mm. runs. So I would just go out and I'd be like, okay, today I'm going to run eight kilometers. Today I'm going to run 10 kilometers. Today I'm going to run 15 kilometers, you know. Yeah. And eventually, like, if you do enough running at any pace, you'll end up running quicker because you'll be fitter. But, like, it's obviously, like, the mo not the most optimal way to train. No, exactly. So, you know, I, even, like, then you saying, oh, when did you realize you were, you were good? I don't think I've... I'm still waiting to come to that conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> still got some more training to do. Exactly. I think it's never, you know, you hit you hit a new level and then you're just like, okay, well, you know, that now there's a new standard that I have to hit. So oh, at right. that point in my life, I was really interested in going under 20 minutes for 5K. Eventually I did around about 18 minutes or something for 5K. And I was very, I didn't think I'd ever go faster than that. And it took me another six or seven years until I moved to, into Durham before I got qu quitter again. So, wow. but I was kind of, I was kind of, because once I finished school, I moved into university and I, I guess, you know, there are distractions in university. So I, I trained a yeah. lot less. I, I only did maybe, I averaged maybe a half marathon a year for the next six years. And then when I came to Durham in 2018, then I started getting more serious again uh, around the time of lockdown actually. So mm. yeah. do you ever think of that as time lost? Uh, yeah, definitely, because it was like, I could have gotten very involved with the, uni obviously, there, I was in Trinity College in Dublin doing my undergraduate degree, and there's a very good, uh, you know, athletics club there, but I never really trained with them. I was still, for a long time, I was kind of of the opinion that I didn't really need an athletics club. They were, it was good to have, but it wasn't like a necessity. I could do all my training on my own, and, you know, it wasn't that important, but, like, now I've seen the benefit of when I join a club, like, how much I've come on, and when you join this a like-minded training group, how, how much you can develop, I think, is, is hmm. very useful. So, yeah, I think I, I, I never got out of shape, but I definitely wasn't, like, actively training. You know, I was just running here or there every so often, signing up, being very much a fair-weather kind of runner. Like, right. wouldn't train in winter time because it was, like, cold <laughs> and I didn't feel like – and I had assignments and I had lots of stuff on. And yeah, yeah. Was, you know, uh, summer and spring will come around, so it was nice to get out in it. So I never really – you know, I got in shape every summer, but then, of course, winter come and I get out of shape again. So it was kind of, like, never mm. really sustainably trained for, for a whole year. Yeah, yeah. But now you're a lot more consistent. Absolutely. I've been yeah. training for over two two years, nearly three years non-stop now. So That's awesome, man. Definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about that training that you do now. So are you part of a club? Well, obviously you are, but are you Actually, part of a, of a training group? Yeah. 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 No, um, I'm not part of a club. No. No, part of I only chair one of them. <laughs> I am the club. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, so this is good. During during uh, lockdown, I I kind of you know my run started syncing up with uh, a couple of the lads who I used to train with in the Durham City Harriers, and I noticed they were doing a couple of virtual challenges together, and, they, and then um they had a, a WhatsApp group called the Lockdown Crew, and it was like uh, a couple of Gateshead guys, a couple of Durham guys, and uh, 
you know, it was actually just like really, really competitive group. And we're all kind of at the same level. We're all running like, I'm going to say like 18, 17 minute 5Ks, like 36, 35 minute 10Ks. Mm -hmm. And we're all pushing to go under maybe a three hour half or a three hour marathon. That was a big dream for a lot of us actually to do that. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of training, I think, a lot of consistent good training to get to the point where you're able to run a marathon under three hours. So um, I kind of joined up with them and we weren't, for a time we weren't training together, but I think there was a while there in lockdown where you could, uh, you could train with one other person. So we were meeting up in, as individuals and we had sort of little, you know, Java segments that we were picking out and we were logging times on those and doing good sessions together. And mm -hmm. it meant that gave a little bit of structure to that time where there was no structure and there was nothing happening and and i think that's like when my training like i went from the beginning of 2020 where i was running 23 24 minute 5ks to probably the end of that year i was running 17 minutes 20 seconds per 5k so like i really improved a lot yeah. that's not to say i didn't have literally nothing going on at that point so of course yeah. i had to i had to do something right <laughs> maybe yeah. i'll be running so Oh, and so, yeah, that's that's the benefit of a really small, like-minded group of people that hmm. they hold you to account because they say, oh, this Sunday I'm going somewhere, I'm going to run 20 miles, who's coming with me? And you say, okay, yeah, go on, I'll do it. And now now you have to do it, otherwise you're, you've wimped out on it. So. <laughs> yeah. So would you say that, the, um, that that accountability is the best thing about your group? Definitely. Um, I think, well, it depends on how disciplined a runner you are, right? But I mm -hmm. find that if I make a promise to someone that I'm going to meet them somewhere and we're going to go for a run, well, now I'm much more likely to actually turn up and do it. If it's just me saying to myself, oh, I'll go out and I'll do one kilometer reps or one mile reps uh, along the motorway, I'm less likely to actually get out and do it or I'm going to do it and I'm going to be, you know, a bit half-hearted about yeah. it. Like maybe I'll do one or two reps hard and then the next year or three, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot less effort, right? But then you're in a group of lads who are pushing hard. You, you'd never want to be the, the slow one or the one who's not giving it his all. So, yeah i think when you did that kind of training it's like yeah you can do easy running with anyone or at any point but if you want to do some hard training you need to get people who are kind of around your level or even better yet a little bit better than you and then you're you're always chasing them or trying to trying to go with them so that's oh, that's right. what really kick on i think that's awesome man and so if you were to break down what your standard training week looks like monday to sunday what what sort of sessions do you do uh Sure. So yeah. uh, now there's the club sessions, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 to 8 o'clock. Um, mm -hmm. There's also strength and conditioning on, on Wednesdays. So the Tuesdays and, and Thursday session is usually to, you know, like a tempo session on a Tuesday, a track session on a Thursday, so intervals of some kind, pyramid sessions. Um, the tempo session is just going to be whatever, certain times of, of running hard and, and, and going easy. And then I tend to do all my other runs are easy runs. So I'll probably go run easy on Monday, do strength and conditioning and an easy run on, on Wednesday. And I'll do another easy run on Friday and then probably park run on Saturday and a long run on Sunday. That's depending on if um, what, what I'm training for, right? I haven't been right. doing an awful lot of proper long running recently because while well, I'm not actively training for a marathon right now and I'm writing up my PhD, so I don't really want to give it all like my all you know yeah yeah <laughs> i find when i'm marathon training i'm actually too tired for anything else <laughs> <laughs> fair enough that makes sense <laughs> yeah. uh, okay cool so uh, and out of all of those things what's your favorite and least favorite sessions today uh my favorite session is i was thinking about this i was like should i say oh i love the 400 meter reps or i love the one mile reps 
I hate those. I hate oh. that's so painful. <laughs> I tell you what I like doing, Tommy. I like running easy. I like five k, ten k easy run. Yeah. Chat with my mates, talking about what's going on, having a laugh, having the banter. Those, those are the best runs. That's fun, yeah. Uh, yeah. like yeah, they're not the most important to my fitness, but they are definitely like important runs for my well-being and my like social health because I don't have much of a life outside of running, so I need to get yeah. my my chatting in while we're on the run somewhere. So whereas I don't get that on the you know the quality sessions where I'm too out of breath to talk to anybody, I gotta. You don't want to see another face. I'm there trying to yeah just to, just have a few just be able to say well done to somebody who has just completed theirs before I'm trying to not puke basically after we finish the rep. So yeah yeah my my least favorite reps I gotta be all the track stuff. It's a necessary evil in my life. Oh, if I want to be fast, I gotta do track stuff. But, yep. Yeah. 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 No fair man. <laughs> Hey, I'm the opposite. I love all those. I love the track stuff. But oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the short <laughs> reps. But that's because I came from a, sp- a sprinting background. Oh, so. you were a sprinter originally, were you? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a bit biased on that. Um, well, I mean, the sprinters, it looks fine for them. I always see them just chilling, just having a great time. You know, you're like, yeah. so, okay, I did like five yeah. miles of hard training there. How much do you do? And they're like, well, I did two reps of 100 meters and it was very tough. And... Hey, <laughs> with hey. 15, with 15 minute recovery. <laughs> that, you know what? You know what? Yeah. I remember my coach always used to be like, yeah, we're going to do uh, three 250s with eight minute recovery. I was like, eight minutes? For eight what? Minutes. For what, man? Let's just keep on going. But Yeah, yeah. but no, I've, I've done it now and I've, I've, I've raced 400 as hard as I could. And yeah. I, fe- I, I like... felt... I felt that lactic acid hit like oh, like man. a ton of bricks, and you're like, oh, so yeah. this is why the pros fall over the line. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, yeah, yeah, they're just yeah. being dramatic, like. <laughs> nah, man, it's, they're, yeah, they're different animals. Yeah, it's a different discipline, so you gotta respect it. Gotta respect it. Yeah, absolutely. The um, pain is real. Yeah. Well, speaking about races, what's your favorite race that you've done? Um, I think it depends because I have a favorite race for what i accomplished in it and my favorite race for like the atmosphere right so yeah probably i love the dublin marathon because it's probably the one of the best supported courses i've run it like three times mm-hmm. um there's just huge support and also it's very nice that it actually runs pretty much by my family home so like it's very easy to get the family out to support you on a route like that yeah literally just goes by your like your home street and i just recall like there's no point along that course where there isn't cheering and support and I love feeding off crowds. So that's an, actually the great North run is another one for that, where it's just like mm. so well supported the whole way. And if you're ever feeling like beginning to suffer a little bit from fatigue from the race, you just hit another fan zone or a kid that's will a give you a high five and you'll just be absolutely buzzing off of that, like yeah, uh, yeah. Of, of that positivity. So I love races for just big supported big city races like that because it's just you feel like you're part of a huge occasion and yeah like you're not obviously you're not the top runner there but you're you're up there usually you're doing better than a lot of the field if you're like you're someone training semi seriously yeah and uh, as far as the kids can tell you are a pro runner so like <laughs> <laughs> got the best on and everything you got the best on you're high fiving kids you're like yeah, yeah just eat, eat your vegetables and you could be like me you know and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kids like i don't want to be like you <laughs> look at you you look like you're in pain man <laughs> skinny scrawny kid like yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's it's those are really unlike i like the big ones like half yeah. marathon marathons like they're just you know just big races that like they play out over a couple of hours and they're just 
I don't know, it's just like there's a lot of time for tactics to play out and for the mind games to come into play and yeah, yeah. just fun for that for that reason. Like there's a big build up and a big like emotional high that comes out of it and I love the the moments at the start and finish line where, you know, you're clapping people on the back and this this good camaraderie. Um, yeah, that's right, that's right. So those are those are my favorite kind of races. Like I I I know people like I've done stuff like Brass Monkey and other races like that where they're like quick courses but they're not very well supported. Like you run out in that course and there's like, okay, I'm running through, you know, farmlands in Yorkshire and like it's yeah. a it's a quick flat course, but it's like there's no one around. Not very not very fun to do. Yeah. And like, like unless you're just there to run a quick time basically and uh, I don't get very inspired by stuff like that. I wanna be like feeling like a part of something rather than just uh -huh. like another small scale race. But anyway, yeah. those are those are all great races by the way. They just don't have that scale to them. Yeah, that, uh, those big city races do. So yeah, I'm a big fan of those. Nice one, nice one. That's awesome, man. Have you had um like a really rubbish race before? Um, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you tell, you tell. Give us one story. Um, I've I've never really had a total disaster of a race, but I'm pretty sure that so this the the third time I did double marathon, I I think I ran three thirty one. I had a very like bad time of it. Um, I didn't, I can put my hand up and say I didn't train properly for it because I remember my first one I did, I did 303 and I thought I was great. I, I did a, a great time and it was my first ever marathon. I'd never really trained seriously before then and I comfortably won, I think it was like the under 21. They had like an under 21 age category, which mm. I looked at the, the next quickest finisher after me and it was like 30 minutes behind me. So I like completely blew away anybody around my age level nice. who was running marathons and i was like oh maybe i am good at this and yeah yeah like that was great but in this one i because after that i said oh well i know how to run marathons now so i don't have to train as hard you know like uh, it's yeah. easy uh, <laughs> and that's a famous last words because then i turn <laughs> up to that race and i had only done like two or three long runs and over the last six months i've done like very little decent yeah. quality training for it and then you hit 10 miles 12 miles and you're like oh no <laughs> there's oh, a long way to go. There's a long way to go, <laughs> and I'm no, I don't feel so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Oh man. So I yeah, I think if you look at the splits on a race like that, I was like, you know, the first half probably like whatever, 90 minutes, and the second half was like 120 minutes. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> something hey, brutal. Like we have to stop painful. and walk. And that's painful. So I, I will say the only thing is I never ever have withdrawn from a race for any reason. I will always cross the line. No matter what's happened, I will cross that line. That's one thing. That's hard work, <laughs> man. That's hard work. Dear me. I can't imagine hitting the wall at 12 miles knowing I've got another, what, 14 left. Yeah, I think oh you just you just God. have to realize at that point that whatever goal you had is gone now. So yeah. you're, just in it, you're just in it for the pride. And I always say when you hit that hard part in a race and maybe whatever you're set out to do is kind of slipping away, just say, okay, well, this is practice. This is the kind of practice you can't do in training how hard can you grit right now like can you really just dig in and finish the race and do your best and i think if you can give a solid performance for yourself given how you're feeling in that moment then that's that's worth something so there's always like a secondary or a tertiary goal that you can aim for even after whatever the pb is slipped away or even after anything close to the pb is slipped away so yeah you, know, you can do something to make yourself proud and even if that's just finishing it crawling over the line that's worth it <laughs> that's good man that's so good oh man well you've given us a lot of information about yourself a lot of information about all your the running you're doing let's talk a little bit about the rm city harriers 
Yeah. Yeah, man. So. So. Yeah. Well, how, will I just start? Will I just start talking, or do you want to ask a question? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask this: How and why did you become club chairman? Um. So the, I think post uh, COVID, a lot of the athletics clubs sort of had a significant drop in membership, right? Because people were just running on their own, and there was no way you could organize group you know meetups and stuff so people's membership tended to lapse and i think coming back around again people kind of forgot why they were even members in the first place or what they got out of it because they started they've been running on their own or in small groups for a very long time so mm-hmm. a lot of athletics clubs in the area were actually their membership was down significantly i would say that durham harriers membership was down probably 50 60 percent so wow. most clubs the the main income source is the membership dues so that's cutting the club's finances in half, basically. Yeah. And like without the membership, well, now you can't host races because you don't have any volunteers anymore. So that's another like income source that's cut. And suddenly the club is in a bit of dire straits if you're trying to provide things to people and make it make a case for why people should even be members. Because okay, well now I can't afford to do half the stuff that we used to do. So, um, you know, that, because of that reason, I think the committee dropped down to maybe few people in the committee at one point and you need at least three or four people minimum really for a committee to be half functional yeah uh, so they they called an extraordinary general meeting just to like just as a like a last ditch effort to say if we don't get more people then you know this club isn't gonna we're just gonna have to disassociate yes. from so durham city harriers it's durham city harriers and athletic club so there's a senior section and the harriers that probably most of the listeners of this will see at cross-country events then there's the junior section and there's the track and field section. Mm. So that means that you're offering uh, a children's events, throwing, jumping, and uh, sprinting and endurance, and an adult's endurance with a little bit of track for them as well. So, But mostly the adult group is oriented around the endurance stuff in the cross-country, right. which is a lot of stuff to offer to a lot of different people, Yes. Um, which is great, but it also increases the challenges because now you have to be able to offer that sort of stuff to everybody. Um, so I was kind of appreciative of what the club had been for me during that time. And I just said, well, I will, you know, if you need me to do something, I'm going to do something. So I was the membership secretary for a month, but then the, the chairman was, I think, I honestly, the job probably just wasn't, wasn't for him. He wanted to get back to coaching because that's what he was a coach. And if you're chairman, it's very hard to be an active coach at the same time. I mean, there are a lot of clubs that have coach slash chairmans and stuff but it's just a lot of stress so i kind of from that point on i took on the role of chairman and i should say that i'm actually a co-chairman i split the role with another guy because we sort of said to each other like i don't think i could take this role on myself but i'll do it with you you know so then there's two of us in it's myself and the guy called chris who's a hammer thrower actually a great bloke and between us we sort of uh, have identified like what's the problems in the club structure not just our club but like clubs in general like what what are their issues and like what can we start doing to try and get get first to get membership up but also like a lot of coaches are retiring or gone now or there's a lot of older generation coaches that are really they're getting quite long in the tooth at the moment and uh i'm looking around and not seeing a huge like a huge surge in people coming up to replace them you know and it's the same in the the officials area where there's a lot of older officials who've been on the circuit for quite some time and I'm just not seeing a ton like there's not the, a level of replacement officials coming in to, to take their place and it makes me worried for the future of the athletics like how athletics is going to function in the northeast if 
people don't take on coaching roles and people don't take on uh you know officials roles and aside from that like getting people in to actually take on uh volunteer roles in the in, in clubs is quite challenging so um it, you can imagine like it's it's a job you're, you're doing for free right you're, you're doing it for love of, the, of athletics and uh it's it's a lot of work actually so most people are gonna think twice about it like no one really wants to put their hand up and say yeah sure i'll help out with that no one wants to be on the hook for doing something consistently for over a year or longer you know so it's um it's it's a it's a lot to do so we've only been in the job for maybe four or five months now but i think we've started to make some small positive changes i'd say membership is up 20 percent and we started providing you know we've got more coaches in more run leaders in we've sort of put the the call out constantly to all our members to just be like we can we will get you through like the run leader course and the assistant coaching courses just so we can ha have more people on on board doing stuff and i'm just going out making business cards handing them out going to schools you know trying to just trying to get people in and i think it is starting to work again like if i'm just trying to be like if i just be relentlessly positive eventually it's going to be it's going to be worth it right like people are going to realize what this facility in their area is offering them and it's really important for the kids as well because I was attending this coaching forum and a lot of these coaches who who they often go out to um, primary schools, right? And they basically, they show um, primary school PE teachers a couple of, you know, more advanced athletic stuff and they do that with the kids. And they said that like kids aged, you know, six, seven, eight years old are maybe two or three years behind where they should be developmentally wise in terms of their ABCs. That's agility balance coordination the foundation of your athletics so it's not this isn't just like your ability to run and jump and throw it's like your actual the way you hold yourself and your posture and the way your shoulders are and the way you walk around and it's like there's a lot of weakness in in the way children are at the moment and it's uh, possibly as a result of the lockdowns and that like lack of that lack of uh the, the kind of onboarding process for uh athletics clubs which get them in and start getting them to you know, play the games and do things that they don't realize it, but it's actually developing them at, at like a basic level, their ability, their agility and their coordination and their balance and, and their core strength. So it's, it's worrisome to think that there might be a bit of a crisis in maybe two or three years when those kids enter the, um, the proper athletics system and they're actually two or three years behind where they're supposed to be normally. So um, we have to just adjust how we coach and ensure that we're able for people to come into the clubs and, and, and coach for them. And just want to make sure that I'm thinking of all my friends who have young children and mm. I want to make sure that there's something there for them by the time those kids are coming up, because if it, if, if it isn't for the hard work of a lot of volunteers in these clubs, you know, they'll fall apart and then there won't be anything for kids. And in terms of price and cost analysis, like I would say that being a member of an athletics club has to be one of the best, bangs for your book you can get in in terms of anything like it costs two three hundred quid to be a member of a gym costs a couple hundred quid to be a member of a football club and that's not including that you usually have to pay money every week for training access and whatever whereas you know i think it's only 50 60 pounds to be a member of most athletics clubs and my athletics club we have a, a deal with the university which means we have track access for free so you don't have to once you pay the 50 60 pounds for a year that's it that's all you have to pay and then you're a member for the whole year and that gives you access to the, all of those discounts that you get for doing any race and it gives you access to the track three or four times a week it gives you access to coaches and it gives you access to 
the whole cross country league and, and track and field league. So it's it's good value, I think. Um, and so I'm, and that's why I'm just I'm just trying to trade on that. And uh, we're kind of lucky there because we have this deal with the university, and it means that we train their athletes. Their athletes come to us every year, and we we take on quite a few of them. And that means that every single year we have the ability to kind of strengthen our 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 our, our cross country team and our track and field team with university students who are currently going through their degrees. So we have something that a lot of the local northeast clubs may not have because. We have fresh supply of 18, 19 year olds coming through our doors every single year, basically. Yeah. Every single year in September, so next month there'll be 200, you know, fairly fit, you know, older teenagers coming through, the, coming through being like, oh, I want to run, and can I run, can I run with you guys? Mm. Like, I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, it's, that's a really good thing. So I think you just have to make it, it will grow organically, but you just have to create, basically I see the job of the chairing of a club as like, reducing people's barriers to running if you can take away all that unnecessary bureaucracy where possible for the average person to get into it well then it's going to be easy for them they won't have any excuses they'll have to turn up and run and race because why, why wouldn't they right i mean yeah. so how for example tommy have a look at like um park runs on saturday you get huge turnouts for park runs and i think it's because of the ease of it and because you can rely on it you know every saturday pretty much without fail unless there's like hazardous to human health weather, there will be a park run in your locality somewhere and mm -hmm. people turn out to that it's, and they're turning out for that community feeling, not because they're desperate to run five kilometers every Saturday at eight in the morning, half eight in the morning, you know, that, you're, that's crazy person talk. Like yeah, yeah. every, even very serious runners that I talk to who are like, I hate running like early in the morning on Saturday after a whole week of work, but I, I always feel good for doing it. And I think that, that kind of comes across a lot in running. It's like, yeah, I never get out of my house every single day being like, I cannot wait to run, you know, 10 times 400, 12 times 400 and want to puke. It's, it's, it's a feeling I get afterwards and it's that, that socialization that I get with the, with the gang. Yeah. That's what I'm turning up for every time. And that's what clubs are really offering. They're offering a combination of that community feeling, good training, good social groups. And uh, yeah, it's just, I think it's just reminding people of that because that's the conversation I think I, I wanted to have by coming on this podcast is like, what, what is a running club to people? Like, what do they want from it? And that's, that's what I'm trying to figure, figure out for myself. Like, what are people hoping to get from their running clubs? And how can I make sure that we're offering it to everybody and, offering as much as we can to as many different kinds of people so that the mo we can be as inclusive and diverse as possible when we get people in and get people training and ultimately it's about getting fit and healthy right so yeah you know you can get that in and people can feel positive and it's they get getting healthy it's like it's just wins all around and that's the, the good thing for me trying to get you know external funding for different projects it's like such an easy sell if i go to the county council and say i'm getting kids fit and healthy are you are you against Kid, kids getting fit and healthy and they're like no of course not <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> so, you know it's, it's, it's hard to it, it's hard to be against like yeah. you know amateur athletics clubs and, and what they're trying to accomplish like uh maybe there's been problems in the past with them but i think you know most people can get behind oh well like you know it's a local sports club they're not there to make a profit they're just there to offer running jumping throwing yeah. to kids and get yeah, people yeah. fit and healthy and get and also that side from that on the senior side getting people who've never run before fit and healthy as well because mm. a lot of people have come to running with no athletics background i came to running with no athletics background i never set foot in a track until last summer probably i think was the first time i ever set foot in an athletics track i was 26 years old set foot in an athletics track so you know 
Yeah. It's just been a, a very dramatic learning process from there, going from never setting fun on a lead extractive, you know, coach, chairman, yeah. track official. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> I was there like, okay, so where do I line up here for the 400? Which line, you know? <laughs> They're like, I swear you live here. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know a bit about running. I've watched it on TV, but where's the where's the line? Where's yeah, yeah. There's a line here somewhere. I'm meant to stand on right because I'm lane, I'm in lane three, so I don't just stand at the at the start line. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I was like, this is good. I feel like we've got a little bit of a head start here. <laughs> hey, where's that guy on my left coming up on me so quickly? <laughs> man, there's a, you've just outlined a lot there. Uh, just a couple of questions on that then. So, uh, from your perspective, and obviously you've got quite a unique perspective, what's what's harder? What's the bigger issue? Um, getting more officials and coaches and all that sort of stuff, or the memberships? It's it's sort of a chicken or egg question, right? Because you can't have more coaches without more members, and uh, you can't have more members without more coaches. So you sort of have to be kind of burning the candle at both ends on that one, because it's like. Basically, I'm trying to do it all at once, right? Like, okay, I have members who've been members of the club for a long time. I also have people who are, like, bringing their kids down and bringing their kids down for a long time, but they're not really members of the club. So I'm trying to be, like, maybe, I, like, not everyone who's involved in the club has to be running or actively competing, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of people who occupy support roles and do small things just to ensure club runs properly. Yeah. And it's sort of like getting more of those people a bit more engaged in, if I could give every single parent one tiny job to do, the club would run like clockwork. Yeah. Of course, not everyone has that time or has that, you know, the, the desire or want to, to give like that. So um, it's it's challenging. But I figure if the if, – and this goes for any club, really. But if, if people see that good stuff is happening down there and there's good results are coming and there's lots of activity – more people will want to be a part of it because they'll feel like, okay, if I come to the committee meeting or if I put, or if I put my hand up to be a volunteer, I won't be stuck with doing every single job in the club. Yeah. I'll be I'll be given something within the scope of what I'm able to offer. And I think that's where the fear of volunteering comes from is that people are a bit afraid. Like, I don't know how to do that. And also, I've got a job and I've got kids and I'm, you know I've got a whole family. I don't want I don't want to be you know doing something that's going to take up hours of my very small amount of free time that I uh -huh. have. So. Uh -huh. But if you said to someone, oh, but every three weeks you only have to maybe have to do this one, help out with this one group, then they're like, okay, well, maybe, like, it obviously it all does offer good. So it's, it's that sort of thing. Offering within the scope of what people can do, trying to get those people in, and then, like, every small bit helps make a club happen. Because I think what, what ends up becoming a problem for some clubs is that too few people end up doing way, way too much work. And it's like yeah. once that person is gone, you realize, oh, that club was really, really reliant on this one guy who knew he had the contacts for the cross country. He had all the, you know, he had the, all the keys for the storage lockups. He had, he knew everything about everything and, he, and no one else knows how to do it other than them. So like when that person is gone for whatever reason, suddenly the club fails to function and you really want them to get to the point where a club can function almost without any, any of those people. You want to make it so that anyone can turn up and know how to run a session or lead a group or, or set up something. So um, that's that's really what I want to get to. And I think what I've been trying to do is just get membership in. Uh, I've started just going down to like park run and any anytime I see someone who's running all right or looks like they want to improve, I'll just say, oh, you know, there's a club local to you. I'll give them a little business card. It's got a QR code on the back. You can scan it with your phone. 
very high-tech stuff, Tommy. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very high-tech. Yeah. Well, I overhear the conversations. The people, there's a lot of people at Parkruns who are talking about going under 23 minutes, under 22 minutes, under 25 minutes. And yeah. Like, you know, all those people are perfect for clubs. Like, they don't even realize it, but if you can run a 5K under 30 minutes, you're probably more than able to be a member of any club. Yeah, oh, really? and, uh, and, that, and that's it. Like, I think getting that like inclusivity, which includes something we're working on, now, getting another extra 5K group packed on, so that people who don't think they're runners can start thinking of themselves as runners, and then they can come down and join. And they'll see how good it is, like how great it is, to, and how much you come on once you join a club, how much you'll improve, and how much you'll start to enjoy running instead of seeing it as this thing you have to do so you don't become fat. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's it's so much more than that, right? Yeah. yeah, well, that's exactly it. There's a lot of people who see it as, oh, i got to do cardio so I can, you know, so I can eat more food. I mean, that, okay, that is the main reason I run at all, let's face it. But like, <laughs> so I can have a pizza. I've got a massive uh, carb-heavy diet, and if I don't run like the way I do, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to sustain this lifestyle. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's sort of, when you say questions like, what do you what do you prioritize? And unfortunately, you kind of have to prioritize all of it. If I just start yeah. building the foundations of everything, it'll all like one point at some point in the near future. I hope it will all come together really nicely, and I'll probably be asked how did how did you pull that off? And be like, well, it was it was honestly just because I did everything all at once. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I nearly I nearly died doing it, but I yeah, I just pulled yeah. it all together all at once, and it was really aggressive trying to get all the recruitment, all the coaching, all. That's it. On the other side, there's all these UKA regulatory things that you have to do, mm. like ensuring your insurance is right, ensuring all the licenses are up to date, ensuring that you have proper insurance policies in place and health and safety risk assessments. And all that has to be done hidden away from everyone else. Nobody else knows that's even happening. And that's yeah. the way I like it, because if people think that there's a problem with that, that's going to knock their confidence. And there isn't a problem. It's just a matter of making sure all of that's up to date and safe and that if there's ever a problem, you've, you've covered yourself and you've, you've protected the club and the people running in your club from any kind of issues, right? You've, you've done what you've had to do in, in terms of your legal and health and safety, like, you know, responsibilities. Yeah. And that's something that people don't even, it wouldn't even cross your mind that you, things have to be taken into account to ensure that sessions are run safely and healthily for everybody, but just one of those unnecessary bureaucracies. And that's what that comes back to, again, I, I want that bureaucracy taken away from any standard runners day-to-day -day sessions that's what the committee organizes and, and deals with and once you've dealt with that pro appropriately then it all runs smoothly in clockwork and then no one will ever think that there, there's any stress in running a club and then they'll join the committee and then they can experience it the stress for themselves <laughs> wow. wow mate that's that's okay so what's the what's the overall goal the final picture um for you in your position at, at durham city um, and uh, when when you look at where you are now versus where you want to go, how is it different? Um, in the final our membership analysis. will be double what it is now, hopefully. Uh -huh. nice. um, so we'll be closer to 500 members than the around the 200 active members we have currently. Yeah. We'll also be able to offer some rudimentary version of every single track and field discipline. Currently, we're not offering um, pro, some of the serious throws like discus and hammer because our, our throw circles just not it, not in place and you have to put the funding in to build one of those and uh, uh right. yeah that's it's, Wait, it's so that's how a does challenge. Christian train he, he goes to gateshead or he goes uh, to shilden and he's actually forming uh and you want me to say this he's forming like a northeast uh group 
of all the people. And it's something else that I want to talk about, actually. We've been reaching yeah. out to a lot of clubs in the area about like working together and forming kind of collaborative groups. And I think this is something that's not so often done because obviously clubs like to stick to themselves and be and they're quite precious about their athletes and they don't and the concern is athlete poaching, right? Yeah. But it's like there's a lot of clubs struggling so badly with coaching resources that it wouldn't make sense not to share some resources where possible because at the end of the day what we're interested in is getting people active in training and I don't care if that athlete is later going to come and compete against me or my club. I just want to make sure that everyone has all the opportunities that they deserve to have in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. So we're very open to collaborating with other clubs and sharing resources with, with them because our track is just a training track. We don't, we aren't able to compete with it because it's a four lane track and we don't have the, a throwing circle at the moment, but I'm going to put the money together to get a throwing circle. And we're also going to work hard on getting um, even a pole vaulting um, oh, nice. mass together so that we can do that. And other than that, we've kind of covered everything that we need to be able to cover for the youth athletics and even the adult athletics. So I'm, I'm very interested in making sure that we can offer all of that, double the membership, and then hopefully in maybe five years, we're a bigger, better club than Gateshead. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding Gateshead. <laughs> Don't kill me. I was say, you know, Gateshead, there's a lot of Gateshead people that listen to this, so <laughs> you just put it oh, I, I, love, I love Gateshead, I love Gateshead, but I am coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I want to, you're like, you're like, oh, let's put to unity. But then once we're unified, I'm coming for you. So <laughs> Yeah, well, sorry, once we're unified but with my club at the top, then we're, we're very unified. <laughs> oh, dear, mate. <laughs> no, I love it, man. I love it. Um, let me, okay, let me ask this, actually. So I don't run for a club, okay? I obviously speak every, every single time I do the podcast. I'm like, yo, um, what's the... What's, what's your advice? I ask everyone at the end, what's, what's one piece of advice you give someone? M more often than not, like I'll probably say 90% of the time, people say join a club. If you want to get better, join mm. a club, right? Obviously, I haven't taken their advice yet. What yeah. would you say to convince myself or someone like me who enjoys running on their own, who enjoys the time um, just out on the road by themselves, whether it's in the afternoon or in the evening or in the morning, um, just enjoys the peace and quiet well, that sort of stuff. Is there something that you say to someone like myself um, about what, what we're missing out on? No, I would say anything to someone like yourself. Some people run because they want to get away from it all. So why would I suggest to them to join a club? They don't want to join a club, you know? <laughs> so there's a lot of people who go out and they say, listen, I don't, I don't, not interested in running with a club. I like being a, and I, I was that person for a long time. I was a real lone wolf. I didn't think they could offer me anything. I thought that, I thought that running was an individual sport and uh for a long time like i i still believe that because you know it's it, it is a sport you you are doing it against yourself every race you do it doesn't really matter who else is there because it's really just you against yourself right right and some people they get into running because they have busy lives and it's one of the few times where they can get away from their phone they can get away from the family they can get away from work or their problems and it's a very simple task you have to put one foot in front of the other for a long time uh, 40, 50, 60 minutes, and just that's it. Just breathe, mm. and that's a very relaxing, cathartic feeling for most people. Um, now, some of those people start to get goals beyond that. It's not just for meditation anymore, right? They want to run quick times. They want to go fast. They want to do a big race. And for those people, I'd say, well, okay, if you're looking go to go to the next level, then you should probably join a club because they will do sessions that will allow you to improve as a runner. 
-hmm. but if for you if what you want is to just relax and keep fit at a very at a lower level and you don't want to you don't need to become very quick or fast and you get what you want out of it by by doing this then i'd say yeah absolutely it's okay to run on your own like there's absolutely no problem with it what i would say though is you know most clubs will allow you to come down for a couple of sessions we do four free trial sessions so it's sort of like don't knock it until you've tried it you know like okay. if you've come down and you've done a few club sessions and you decided nah it's not for me then absolutely go back to running on your own but most clubs are going to be very welcoming to any newcomer and it would be very silly i think not to just try it and, and see how it feels to run in that system because you might end up loving it and you might come on quite a lot and then you'll be thinking about oh i really just have been running on my own when I could have been competing and having great crack with the lads for all the all this time, and that could be something you really enjoy. But if it if it isn't for you, it isn't for you. So can't I can't I can't force somebody who isn't into it to be into it, you know? <laughs> oh, fair enough. That's a that's a really good answer, and uh, it's actually made me want to try. A free ha, session. Ha, ha. <laughs> well, you you know we got four free sessions, Tommy. <laughs> okay. what, what's the name of that club again? What, what's it called? Uh, it's something to do with Durham. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other side of the river <laughs> oh man no, a lot of clubs in the area I'm sure there's plenty <laughs> local to you right yeah no there'll be something local so yeah no that's awesome well thanks for that man um, awesome well we're coming towards the end of this but before we end I always like to do what is now called the family round and it's just some quick questions I've got prepared just to get to know you a bit more just to see what you like, what sort of things you oh, like. I don't know if you want to know me a bit more now, like you've already know so much. <laughs> no, don't worry. After this, I'm never going to speak to you again, so it's all right. That's, that's yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you ready for this, Ken? <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay, so number one, what is a race that you've always wanted to run? Uh, well, this one's pretty easy. I've, I've never run London Marathon, so I'm hoping to run that probably next April would be nice, I think. So, you know, it's been held in October, right? Yeah. And, uh, but then they're hosting, bringing it back to its usual April time. So I put in a good for age for that one. So I think I did a sub three in Yorkshire last year. So I'm hoping that will be quick enough to just get me an automatic entry mm -hmm. without doing the lottery stuff for next right. year. So and then I get to run one of the big ones, right? Which would yeah. be great. So, so there's one in October and there's just another one in April. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's one like six months after. The, the next one being held so i've obviously missed my opportunity for this one coming this one yeah right i still have a le like a legitimate time sub three hour marathon i ran in yorkshire last year so i'm yeah. kind of just uh, I, I don't know if i'll be able to run another sub three <laughs> i'm trying to use that if you better get a boston qualification as well while i'm at it <laughs> you're gonna be in the good parade and you're just gonna end with the with wave 12. yeah wave. exactly yeah so. yeah Hopefully not. <laughs> okay. Um, not. What about a, a location that you've always wanted to run in? Yeah, I don't know about this one. I was thinking like, well, where's a location I'd want to run in? Uh, is this just like a place I'd like to go on holidays and go for a run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, that one. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm I'm actually going on a trip to Italy next month, so I'd love to run um up Mount Vesuvius. That's my plan. I'm going to be running up Mount Vesuvius. So I'm hoping to, to go there and do that. Nice, and nice. it will still be September, so I imagine it's going to be roasting hot, so I might die, but, you know, that's, that's half the fun. Hey, take some good pictures, yeah? Take some good pictures. Uh, that's the hope. Yeah, I saw the other the other day you were at Siem. It's, it's oh, yeah, I visited the lovely locale of Siem, ran there 15 miles, 
began, it was exhausting. I was like losing my good mood by the time I got there. But once I jumped in and the cold jolted me back yes. to reality, I was like, okay, great. Now I can go home. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't the bus back. I didn't run back. <laughs> hey, it has to be done sometimes, honestly. It has to be done. <laughs> Blimey. Um, all right, now rank for me cross-country road and track. Uh, well, this is easy. I yeah. love road running, like yeah. massively. Um, road running is such a fun sport and so easily accessible to literally everybody you know you don't there's no rules really like there's just there's no issues about the shoes you wear or the equipment you can really just show up and run one of those cross country that's i mean it's good it's good crack and all but uh there's sometimes when i'm running it where i'm like oh my gosh like this is this is terrible yeah <laughs> this is mucky and cold and rain like why would anybody do this it's awful <laughs> it's the worst and I'm, i still sometimes I, I i did a i had slow pack advantage last year for my first cross country and i was like yes like I, you know i'm not a half band runner so i should finish yeah. quite well and then of course i still had like conrad blast by me like oh, my five minute head start counted for nothing with that man so, <laughs> you know you hear the like pounding of footsteps both coming up behind you when you got that slow pack start and oh, you're like okay. oh no they, they, they can't have caught me already can they really has, it, has it been five minutes already like oh <laughs> <laughs> they just jump by you and, they, and you're like you think you're going fast until you see them and you're like oh i, I guess i am just a terrible runner yeah. maybe i should just retire there's another level there's another level <laughs> there's another level even when you think you're good there's some always somebody better right so um i just see just see you on the start line smiling like yep this is all going to be good slow back advice yeah this is going right to be way. great i can't wait to be destroyed and then of course track and field's <laughs> got to come last for me because ah, yeah. like yeah. i have I, I did do a lot of track and field this season but when you're the endurance guy you end up turning up and you have to do like seven or eight like seven you know different sports just to make the points and uh it's That's exhausting nice. and terrible you have a bad time and i, I don't like wearing the um the flats the, the the spikes on the shoes that i'm so used to wearing like my vapor flies for yeah. you know the long distance road races and my nice padded like cross-country shoes usually uh, right, or yeah. trail shoes for cross-country or when it's really mucky i do have some kind of like spikes but it's, it, the ground is nice and soft, whereas on track it's, it's, yeah, it's tough and hard, hard and yeah. it's just really tough on the legs. So I'm used to being like, oh, oh well, in total, the amount of running is only going to be 10K or less, so it should be easy. And then I, I do 400 meters, and then I immediately have to jog around and join the 1500 meters and oh, just holding yeah. back the tears. Yeah, the, the hardest <laughs> like, training session ever. Yeah, that's it. Like a really tough 400 with legs are dead with lactic acid, and then straight around to do 1500 where I'm once no, again about to be obliterated. Yeah. Yeah, so I got no rest, but I, I have to say I do have a 100% win record in people checks. All <laughs> so right. Then. It's, it's a funny one because not very many people do it. It's sort of the most unloved yeah. endurance event, and it's a very silly one, really. Like you got to do a bunch of jumps, and they're completely different hurdles, and there's a water yeah. jump, and and I like doing it in the middle of summer because, well, it's usually often roasting hot on the track and it's nice to dunk yourself. I don't even bother trying to jump over the water. I just dunk myself right in. <laughs> nice and cool. Yeah. And then, of course, you, you run out of the water and now you are you weigh about two kilos more because of all the water yeah, that took into your socks. Yeah. You're like, oh, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a very good, like, curve. Uh, really, I'm trying to improve on it. So I'm really, like put my hands on the you know on the barriers oh, man, and kind of vault, vaulting over them which means that you kind of run up to it you got to stop you got to jump over and got to start running again you got to do that seven times every lap and 
that, yeah, that like bad, stopping and starting is much more exhausting than like just running just around three thousand yeah. meters. So yeah, um, yeah, track and field is not for me. Like I'll do it because I have to because it's yeah. for the club and I like competing with the club and being. And what is nice about it is that you and the sprinters get to be friends. Like yeah, you know, it's like all year round we're enemies, but when it comes to the four by four hundred, now we're now we're friends. Yes. And we're class hands. We're teammates. Yes. <laughs> Four by four hundred. It's like okay, you you bring us home, and I'll do my best. I'll do sixty-two seconds. I'll die, and you can do the fifty-five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Put up the biggest lead, and then hand it to you, and you're just like, yeah, that's oh, it. Then so. they hand the button to me, and then we come dead last because they. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the other reason you don't like track because because they start I talking think, about I think you track afterwards. is a very can be a very humbling experience because I've done the NEGP, I've done I've, I've <laughs> officiated at NEYDL, and I've done the like senior league and. I've sort of you sort of turn up to that, and I think it's it's one that sort of uh, like it's one you don't turn, tend to turn up to unless you're you're kind of good or like very interested in running. Because I noticed that everyone who does the five thousand, for example, is running like around eighteen, nineteen minutes or quicker. So it's not really for it's it, it, it's you're gonna feel bad basically if you can't run five k under twenty minutes on 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 that kind of track mm. situation. Mm. And like that's quite quick for five thousand meters. Like if you run a park run and you run under twenty minutes, you're gonna be in the top. 15 20 in most races yeah um whereas in track you will come dead last which is <laughs> crazy so man. it's you turn up to i used to turn up tracking going like yeah i'm all right like i'm good at running and then i just come like second last last in most of my races and i'm like hmm, hmm. maybe hmm. i'm Something's bad not at adding up here <laughs> but it, it's it's survivorship bias like the people who are coming to track are, are good at it and they're training quite hard for these events and also a lot of them maybe don't have to do six or seven events yeah. they're not exhausted by the time they're towing the line so that's the other thing if you get the membership up then you won't have to do so many events and that's true when yeah. we get people good at throwing and jumping then it isn't going to be me jumping three meters for a long jump and yeah. have them to be yeah, like yeah look i'm yeah. <laughs> pretty embarrassing right yeah, yeah. jumping like pathetic distances of these things and just doing your best but obviously falling well short of the necessary standards but just mm -hmm. collecting points anyway so that's that's, like, that's what you want you want to have it so that people are turning up and really giving it their best because they want to not just because there's yeah. a few points on offer so um yeah, yeah so I, that's where it goes like that i love road racing it's very simple yeah. you don't need to remember any crazy rules about where the start line is Starland's different depending on which lane you're in. You know, that's crazy stuff for me. <laughs> I'm a simple man, Tommy. Like, I, don't, I just man. tell me the start line is here and I'm going to stand there. Start but there. tell me there's eight different, eight different start lines. I'm going to gonna cross Maybe cross you circuit my brain. Maybe meters then. Yeah, yeah that's it. Just <laughs> go real fast. Well, that's what I do in every race, Tommy. Just go real fast. Yeah, Half marathon, marathon, just... Just go as fast as you can without dying. That's like the most useful go. advice you can give any athlete for any race. There go as go. fast as you think you can do without dying. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Um, awesome. All right. Um, you mentioned you you watched running. I don't know if you were joking. I'm not going to lie. But have you, what's your favorite race that you've seen? Um, I don't know if it actually counts as a race. It's the, the Kipchoge sub two-hour oh, yeah, like, yeah. time trial thing. Yeah. I was watching that with great interest and... I think that was like a big moment because I realized, you know, we've never seen a human being run under two hours before. Yes, it was assisted, all of that, yada, yada. But like a man still had to run under two hour pace for one hour, 59 minutes, whatever, 50, 48 seconds or something. It was unbelievable what he accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. I may have shed a few tears, oh. maybe. <laughs> may, I, may, I may have gone on Instagram and sent him a congratulatory message oh, that I'm sure man. he read. Hey. <laughs> well, good job, the best. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love you. Oh man. <laughs> Come join Durham City Harriers. We need more. We need more. Yeah, come join. Have you heard of Durham Park Run? I'm just thinking, you know, he doesn't have a. Doesn't, I don't think he has a, a Texas Power 10, like no Park Run. Hey. <laughs> it's the one thing he hasn't done. He hasn't. Oh, man. A 15 minute Park Run at Riverside, you know? Oh, my days. Nah, that was it. So, that was in amazing. many ways, I'm actually a better, more all-round runner than he is. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's remember this guy won, won the Olympics when he was 18 years old. Let's remember that. So, yeah. yeah he did all right. He did all right. Yeah, he's, so, yeah, he's that's, done a few things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a race. I mean, obviously, even, I think, the Tokyo Olympics, where he just blew away his Oh, opponent. that was crazy. It's the way the opponent, like... I was looking at that chart showing, you know, the last 5K of the race where they all tried to go with him, right, when he when he turned up the yeah, pace a bit. And, and, yeah. and the heat just killed them all off, and he just kept going. I was like, those guys, they're not they're not amateurs. Those are the yeah. best runners in the in world, the world, and they could oh, not facts. could not live with him. And I, I wonder what it must be like to be the best. There is yeah. nobody better than you. How, where do you go from there? You're yeah. literally the best that has ever been in history. You you have set the standard. There is no better standard than That's you right. right now. That's right. How like how do you stay motivated even? Because there's nothing to beat. Like you've yeah. done it all. You've won everything. I'm yeah. I'm want to see um Paris 2024. Yet, like, yeah, Paris 24. Yeah. He's he's going for his third um, Olympic title in the marathon. That would be amazing if he can do that. And, I think uh, it's that, and he hasn't won like. I think he hasn't done Boston yet, right? Because Boston is like a non-record course, so he's not really interested in it. Mm. But it's like, it would make sense, I think, for him to win at least all of the majors. All the majors, once, yeah. Because right? then you can say, I've won every major at least once in my career. Yeah. And that would be quite a, a big one to do, I think. And then yeah. he won the Olympics probably three times by the time he's done with it. Yeah. And set the world record. And that's also physically gone under two hours. Like, no one can ever deny. And I think that's it when marathoners run with him. They're like, I don't even want to try and beat him. You know, I'm af- I'm afraid of him. He's un- unstoppable. Yeah. The only time I've seen any weakness was that uh, London marathon where he came fifth. Yeah. And he yeah. was he literally said like I was sick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if I could run two oh five when I'm sick, like <laughs> that's the cr- yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. Awesome. Okay. Um, who's your favorite athlete? Um, like this is any sport, is it? Uh, do both running and any sport. Um, probably Kip, Kipchoge again for mm-hmm. running and I tend not really to have um, favorite athletes because I remember being a kid being like really inspired by people like Lance Armstrong and I've been burned too many damn times by yeah. li- like putting these people on pedestals and being knocked down by realizing they're not all that so you have yeah. to remember all these people are human beings and they're very fallible people and yeah. you can look up to them and they're training but you got to remind yourself that okay they're not they're not they're not they're not inc- like incredible sinless beings they've probably done something bad in their lives so i don't yes. i try to respect and admire people but i don't have like anybody anymore that i say this person's the greatest that ever was i i appreciate it just said that after absolutely yeah. going mad on kipchoge for the last <laughs> no 10 but minutes. i think but, we catch what you mean yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah right so like there's a lot of athletes that i really respect and admire but i tend not to put any on a pedestal anymore yeah. i just think that you know they're human beings and i i I, I enjoy what yeah. they do and I try to learn from what they've accomplished, but I try not to uh, let it influence me too much because mm-hmm. you never know when it turns out all to be not true. Yeah. I thought <laughs> I thought you were going to say like Brian O'Driscoll or something like that. But. Uh, you, you thought I was going to say Brian O'Driscoll? Yeah, yeah. I thought you just... You know, I was at Brian O'Driscoll's last game for Ireland and I remember 
crying, being like, oh no, Brian oh, just is gone. I love him so much. He's the best. <laughs> good oh, guy. Good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got a, a, a signature, his, his autograph in my bedroom somewhere, yes. of course. Like every, every self-respecting Irish Irishman should yeah. have. Yes, yes, of course, exactly. Beside my sack of potatoes, I have my Brian O'Driscoll <laughs> signed autograph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, that's cool, man. Do you watch Do you watch much rugby? I enjoy rugby. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of of Leinster. They're sort of my Leinster. team. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. So when they're... I was younger, I played for London Irish. So there's my Irish connection. Oh, nice. You got a nice yeah. Irish connection then. Yeah, yeah. We actually, I actually went to Ireland in um, 2011, and we went to the Aviva Stadium because we had we had a tour, which was which was really Brilliant. cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's great. Um, I, I really got into rugby. I was probably like 13, 14 when Ireland won the Grand Slam in 08 or 09. I, mm-hmm. I think it was 09. Mm-hmm. Tropical, Grand Slam at stake, Ronan Nagar over the bars. Yeah, I, I remember it very, very clearly what a great moment that was. So yeah. uh, I've been a big fan ever since, I think, of, of that sport. And I, I enjoy watching it. But um, actually, I do have a connection to uh, the rugby. I recall... My uncle got me into the the president's box in one of those Whoa. big Leinster quarterfinals, semifinals, nice. and, uh, and I I, I, was, I remember I, I met a lot of the players' parents and <laughs> was like, what, what am I doing here? Like I shouldn't be here at all. So yeah. <laughs> I was I was in the bathroom at the urinals and I looked to my right and I was like, is that the prime minister of Ireland? Oh yes, my it is. Yes, it is. What do I say? Don't say anything. Does you don't it... talk to another bloke at the urinals. No, exactly. Just focus on what you've got to do and get out of that. Yeah. And also, like, what would you say? Like, <laughs> nice uh, run of the country, are you? Oh, that must be word. hard. Oh my What's it like running the country? You're trying to get the membership up, or you're trying to get you're more coaches yeah, in? Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite race to run? Oh my man, God, dear me, yeah. Oh man, so, yeah, so good rugby. Yeah, fans. I'm a big fan Love of that. It. I am a big fan of the rugby, but uh, for me, you know, I don't have the body type for it. I think I actually did play as a scrum half when I was a, in yeah, you got secondary the body school. Type for a scrum half, that's fine. Then. I took I took one tackle and I decided it wasn't for me yeah, anymore. I was it. like, actually, yeah. yeah, you know what? I like knocking tackles. <laughs> I, I, I like running. I like running. I'm a, I like running when no one's trying to stop me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They might be trying to beat me, but at least they're not jumping in my lane. Yeah. yeah I didn't have the coordination for ball sports and stuff like that, so yeah. I, it was a, it took me a while to realize that I you know everyone has a sport they're likely to be good at. It's just that it may not be one of the most conventional sports right yeah. like you, you kind of go through school and if you're not good at football you often tend to think you're not very sporty because that's the only sport that everyone wants to play all the time right mm. so yeah so i'd say that to anyone, anyone who's listening to this i don't know why anyone who isn't into running is is it would be listening to this but <laughs> <laughs> oh just total people who don't like running love listening to running podcasts but... yeah man <laughs> we've got a diverse audience <laughs> yeah, a very diverse audience of people who hate running, who love tuning in every week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you could have hate listeners, right? People who listen to me. So yeah, that's yeah. how you know you've really made it. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you don't think you're good at any sports, I guarantee you, you there is something out there for you. You just haven't found it yet because mm-hmm. I probably spent most of my teenage years thinking I was terrible at sports. I'm bad at tennis, badminton, running. Or sorry, running. I am so bad at running. Tennis, <laughs> badminton, football, basketball, anything yeah. that involves the ball, terrible at. And then I realized, hey, wait, like running is a, is a sport for me. And being kind of lightweight and not very tall is actually 
suits your physicality yeah. being small. You can run with a very efficient economy if you don't weigh a lot and you're not very tall. Yeah. Um, so, and I said, I've seen all sorts of body types do amazing things in running. So don't That's even think thing. that your body type can, can run, rule you out of doing well in athletics. I've seen exactly. body types that shouldn't be, shouldn't theoretically be capable of some of the things that they're capable of pull off some amazing times. And yeah. so don't right. let it, what's it that Kipchoge says? No human is limited. And he's so, he's so right about that. Your That's only right. limitations really exist in your mind. You can always find a way to overcome. You can always find a sport that's for you. And hopefully that sport is running. And hopefully the club is Durham City Harriers and you should totally join it. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's, you hear that, guys? That's, that motivation was for free. Okay. Yeah, that's you for free. The next one's one. going to cost you. Exactly. Yeah. I've got cross country coming up. I need runners. And <laughs> if you don't turn up to that cross country, I'm coming. I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. Oh my word. Hey. I put your hands I'm gonna ask you why you weren't there. Hey, hey, I'll I'll just disclaimer, I don't have your data if you're listening to this. I don't know how Kian has it, but personally I don't have it. So. I've got it, I've got it all yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh gosh, I've still got some more questions. Let me let's zoom through these. Okay, let's zoom through the questions. Um what are your favorite running shoes? Um so I, I tend to run in terrible shoes for most of my training because I feel like when I put on the vapor flies for the race, yes. the little, little magic, yes. like magic shoes are going to do the, do the trick for me. So I'll just run in like very standard, you know, maybe just Nike Pegasus or, or something. I was running in the Boston nines for quite a long time. I wore them down so much. I probably put 3000 miles on them. Oh my I could word. feel every stone with my feet. That's they were bad. getting into my soles. And so, yeah, I was, I, if you run in that sort of, with those sort of shoes, when you switch it up to like super duper, four percent nike four percent shoes yeah. then you really feel that improvement in a race so that's sort of my little edge that i nice. give myself for a big race yeah um i've got a6 meta speed size too but they don't they don't really do it for me i, I usually just wear them for five or ten k races where I, I, <laughs> they don't really matter to me as much <laughs> um yeah, yeah. so I, I, okay. and I think that's kind of it for me I, I i like the vapor flies i think they're cool shoes but they are very expensive so Yes. You know, don't worry. There's a lot of things you can improve about yourself before you really need to think about what fancy race shoes, you know. Mm. People maybe rush out to buy them before they even really need them. Yes, they'll improve your time a little bit, but so would getting out for that extra session, you know. So. Hey, preach it. That's good, man. That's good. Um, okay. What's your favorite book? My favorite book? Um, Obviously, you're doing a PhD, so I'm assuming you, you read Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm reading a great book by a guy called Carrie Mullis at the moment, and he's uh, he in, he basically just invented PCR, the technique that they were using to you know um, diagnose COVID for the last few oh. years. But it's actually a much more important technique than that because it was invented in the 1970s, and really you can divide molecular biology. Sorry, I'm a molecular biologist, right? So <laughs> get uh -oh. <laughs> that's all right. We're we're going right afield here. Molecular biology podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> but basically you can divide biology <laughs> into you know free free and post uh pcr and allows you to you know um basically enhance any section of uh or amplify any section of dna that you want and allows you to work with small sections of dna uh like strands which is quite useful the dna is obviously a very small molecule and being able to amplify small sections of it is very very important for biology and the guy who discovered it is He's a really interesting character because I used to think I was quite a bad scientist, but then I read in this book and 
you know, the guy's like, I, the main reason I discovered it was because I was so lazy. I didn't want to do it manually. So, I, you know, I like found out this very lazy way of like, you know, cutting up the strands of DNA and amplifying it and making it bigger so I wouldn't have to go through four months of hard work to do it, you know, the, the long way. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's pretty much my work process. I'm a lazy guy. I don't want to work too hard if I don't have to, right? You want to simplify your work processes. Yeah, he, wanted to know, he wanted a Nobel Prize in medicine. So, oh, wow. you know, he, he made a lot of money out of doing that. And, and he always had really great ideas about, like, he was a true scientist in, in the very definition of the word. He always was asking how and why things work. And I really like people like that. They're always questioning what's going on around them and looking around at how could this be better? How could how could we change this around or redefine it or make it simpler? Like, why why are we doing such a complicated process? Like, why we should do something easier? And it's a very inspiring book for that. Also, he, I think he got uh, abducted by space raccoons in one section of it. Like, so he's, <laughs> his best friend was um, the guy who discovered LSD and there's quite a lot of, like, gotcha. and, like okay. drug use in the, in the book. But, okay. uh, and that's also the thing, though, he's very, like, what you call it, he's very open to crazy stuff. And it's, like, very weird to read a book by a guy like that so yeah, yeah. Uh, and see how far he went but uh yeah it's, it's just interesting i think so i'm quite i very much like non-fiction another thing i really like is um you know like the classics i love like the odyssey and the iliad and all of alexander's campaigns and all of that sort of stuff um i could i, I just like reading those stories because it's like a good inspiration for running actually because uh -huh. is these are blokes who like you know were warriors or so odysseus is a character who he very much values strength and speed and, and like your ability to be physically able, but he's also famous for being the most intelligent and cunning of the, the Greeks, right? When they invade Troy, he's the one who actually ended the war. He's the one who actually gets to go home. Most of them end up dying because they're, they're stupid and okay. <laughs> they, they, they do silly things and they insult yeah. all the gods and they end up getting in trouble and getting killed. But Odysseus does get to go home because he has like, he's smart and intelligent and, he, he like he goes to another land where they all say oh well, you're you're only known as a smart one you're not very good at you know running and jumping and stuff mm. and then he beats at like you know he beats them at archery at running at, at wrestling and he's like yeah i'm not just um i'm not just like a, a smart guy i'm also quite an, like a quite <laughs> quite physically capable and yeah. there's a good quote from the book i don't know if i have it at hand hold on Mm -hmm. I'll read it out because it's one of my running mantras. Go on. Um, hold on, I'm going through my notes now. Where is it at? Oh. Where is it? <laughs> Build it up too much now. Yeah, what more can a, what more glory can a man attend in his life than that which he accomplishes with his racing feet and striving hands? And I think that's a really, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. If you can do a good physical accomplishment, be it running a race or just something, make something with your hands. I think you can get a, derive a lot of satisfaction out of that. And maybe that's a lot of reason that yeah. people run. It's simple. The, the goals are simple and straightforward and you can accomplish it in a way that's quantifiable and easy to measure. That's and I think that's good. one of the reasons that people run so much because life is hard and complicated yeah. and difficult. And it's never been more bizarre and hard to get your head around these days, but running is simple and it's it's comforting and there's there's a clear objective and you know how what you have to do to accomplish that objective and you just do it and that's a very like it's just a nice thing to do yeah. because everything else is can be so difficult sometimes so good, i really man. like that and i relate to the character of odysseus in that regard <laughs> fair enough man hey so yeah I'm glad you get a lot out of that
<laughs> awesome. All right, just a couple more questions. What's your favorite movie? Please tell me you have uh, one. My favorite movie. Let's go. Um, hmm. Oh, man. You don't have a favorite movie. <laughs> I'm thinking, man. I'm thinking. Oh, man. <laughs> name, name a few movies. <laughs> no, man. You name a few movies. <laughs> <laughs> name some movies. <laughs> <laughs> you name Mamma Mia. Actually, Mamma Mia is quite good. I have to it is, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I, got, yeah. I find it quite funny that they had all those lads like sing when they clearly can't sing very well. <laughs> <laughs> just shows, like, yeah. Just shows, like, just you can just apply for the job even if you don't have the qualifications. You just might apply just for it. it. You might get it. <laughs> you never get it. Yeah, you might just get in. Um, uh, I kind of I like good action movies. I like yeah. uh, honestly, there's there isn't anything I don't like. Um, Nice. I've been, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't think of this one. So I, it depends on your mood, right? Like it changes. <laughs> no, mine, mine has stayed consistent over years, and I've had a lot of moods. Oh yeah, what is it? Seven. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. Yep, it's the best. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I just want that. Just want that to rest there. It's the best. <laughs> Just putting it the apple. I can't, I can't argue with you. I can't think of any other movies right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Case closed. <laughs> Might be the only movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, two more. One more person. One person that you will want to hear on this podcast, Kian. Um, one of my training partners, actually, he's, he's quite, he's incredibly analytical about um, his park runs. I think you would really enjoy talking to him. He makes a linear regression of every park run he's ever done. He's done like over 200, right? Mm -hmm. um, to show his, and he's, he loves getting older now because it means his Wava improves, you know, like his age graded score. Oh, so he right, can't wait yeah. for every birthday to like watch his little percentages pick up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, his name's Stephen Hamill. He's a, he's a hilarious guy. He's been my main training partner for like a lot. We've done lots of big races together and it's quite funny. He can beat me in five and 10 K, but I tend to have the edge on him over half marathon, marathon distances. So we're very like equal to each other. Uh, but he's a great guy. And nice. like, I, I think it's quite funny. He runs marathons, so he can be better at park run. I generally get that impression from him. Like, <laughs> he does marathon training, so he can do a better park run. Awesome. <laughs> he Hamill. believes in park run better than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I had to reach out to him and see what we can arrange. That'd be awesome. Uh, I'll put you in touch. He's a great guy to talk to. Thank you. He knows, thank you. And he knows everything about everything. So if I say the name of a runner, he's already pulled up their power pen. He's told me all their best times and everything. <laughs> he's, he's obsessed yeah. with all the runners in his area. Uh, so you know it. on Run Britain, they give you your ranking. Yeah, ranking uh, yeah. he's, he's number two in the postcode. And I'm like, so who's, uh, and he's already said the names. Like, I know who it is. <laughs> I know who's better than me. <laughs> oh, man, he studies it. He studies it. Yeah, he's a real like a student of 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 athletics and running, and he's very interested in the metrics. And he's a good guy to pace with as well because he always paces races perfectly. Yeah, he knows what he's, he's doing. Very methodical about it. Like I go to a race and he's talking about how on the fourth kilometer there's exactly 15 meters of elevation. You got to be careful. Oh my <laughs> word! Oh, I was just gonna run by feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna <laughs> just run and see if I don't die. You yeah, know? exactly. That's, that's, that's the truth. That's strategy. my method. Yeah. No, awesome. And finally, do you have any hidden talents, Kian? Hidden talents. Um, I uh, was a very good figure skater when I was 15, what 16 years old. What on earth yeah. is that? I cannot believe you know, that you just said that. <laughs> it's, not, it's an odd one, isn't it? 
So I, I well, I did it kind of ironically. Say that. So I, you know, I went to ice skating at my school when I was like, you know, 15, and one of the lads was like, "Oh, you're terrible at this game. You'll never be good at this." And I was like, "All right, bet." So I yeah. took figure skating lessons for like. <laughs> there we go. I took figure skating lessons for like two years, got really good at it. <laughs> I was nice. like, all right, now I'm ready. <laughs> I that's... did it just out of spite. <laughs> oh, that is very petty, but I'm all it's the good. way it's here. It's pretty for good it. for the legs, though, man. It's uh, hey, you, you worked a lot of muscles. But I tell you what, if you fall, you fall on solid ice, and it hurts. Oh man, <laughs> it hurts yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't go near <laughs> ice skating because it, it, I've hurt myself. It would, yeah. If you hurt yourself, like oh, that, that's going to put you out for a yeah. while. But for a while, I was really into it. I actually really enjoy the. I really enjoy like, like art gymnastics and artistic mm. gymnastics and ice skating because I think they're like, they require not just strength, flexibility, poise, but also like a lot of these really nice artistic skills that I simply do not have. I don't have any flexibility really. Like I look just try to make me go over some hurdles. You'll see what see happens. What like yeah. I will die. So <laughs> when you watch these sports, you're like, they've got this wonderful combination of like artistic ability, but also incredible athletic and physical strength yeah. and flexibility. And it's just so amazing. They basically make what's an incredibly difficult athletic task look easy. And that's half the job of it. Make something impossibly hard look incredibly Simple. easy to do yeah. and watch. And you're watching like, wow. And then you get on the ice and you're like, oh, it's impossible. It's <laughs> so like, hard. Oh, snap. They lied to me. So I love sports like that because yeah. it's it's like entertainment. It's like a they're showing off what they can do and what what yeah, the yeah. human body can do on the ice. So I I love stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. So that's a little secret thing that I do. It's a good one to say. You go to maybe a first date. You say, hey, let's go uh, ice skating, and they're like, oh, and then you're really good at it, right? I would never <laughs> take anybody ice skating on a first date because that'd just be embarrassing. <laughs> Well, you got to show off what your secret talent is, right? But you've got to pretend like you didn't, you, you never knew you did it before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man like How are you so good? Oh, I don't know. I just, I just, I, <laughs> I can't explain it. Oh, man. Just gifted, I guess. Hey, Kian Rin with, with, the, with the techniques, okay. Pro strats, pro yeah. strategies. Oh, my word. Awesome, man. <laughs> well, I guess we're about to end, but before we do, any advice for anyone who's getting into running and just wants to be really good at it? Um, I think when you're getting into running, don't even worry about getting really good at it. The first thing to do is build a little bit of consistency. It's like um, compare it to like a massive, one of those big old phone books. Maybe this is an outdated reference now, but you know the ones I'm talking about, the big yellow pages. The yellow pages, that are like, yeah. That are like 5,000 pages, a lot massive. Yeah. Every single session you do is one of those skinny little pages. And if you do enough of them, it adds up to a huge, huge home of work that really benefits you. But one session isn't going to kill you. And uh, one session isn't going to make you either. So you just have to keep at it consistently. Just keep plugging away. And it will feel sometimes like the progress isn't happening or you're feeling set back. But that's because things in your life will affect what you run. Like, you know, we don't run in a vacuum. You have a job, you have family, you've got things going on in your life, and that affects your ability to run. And uh, you just have to allow yourself and be kind to yourself while you're training so that you're able to absorb the difficulties of life and put that back into your training. And then hopefully over time, you'll have improved a bit. And of course, you should consider joining a club if mm -hmm. you really want to kick on a bit. And it's not just for the better training and coaching, it's for that whole social sphere. If you're surrounded by people who are into running or good at running, training all the time, you'll find yourself naturally veering into that world and that lifestyle. If all your friends run, then you can't stop running because you'll lose That's all right. your friends. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that must be what it's like for you now, Tommy, right? <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
<laughs> you, got, you can't stop now. Maybe you, you might even hate running at this point. I don't know. You, you can't stop. <laughs> oh, can't stop. Word. Can't stop. Your whole, stop. your whole life is built around it, so you got to just keep going. Got to keep on moving. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Well, listen, guys. Kian, firstly, are you on um, you on social media? And the club I do have an Instagram. It is a private Instagram, but I do accept followers or, or people that I know are in the area. So it's Kian Run. That's just C-I-A-N underscore R-U-N. So just a play on my second name. Nice one. And uh, and is Durham City Harriers online? Yeah, that's the website. If you just type in Durham City Harriers, the website comes up. Um, and of course, we have a Facebook group too. So if you're interested in coming along and joining, sessions are for free. The first couple of sessions, you can find out if you like it. And of course bring the kids down as well bring the whole family bring everyone you know yeah get people you don't who don't like running down as well get them into it get everybody there we go more members get your friends moms involved get everybody hey hey grandma (laughs) there you go and i just want to say tommy thanks for doing these podcasts i think that a lot of my friends are saying to me like are they really enjoying this thing to these and kind of gets because there's a lot of people in the area who are good at running and then you see that they're they've actually done a podcast with you and you really get to know that character quite (laughs) a lot and i think it shows a lot of um I don't know, it's a lot of a good a lot of innovation from you to even to think of doing it. I think it's a really great idea just to chat to people in the area who are into running and builds that sense of community. So fair play, man. Oh well thanks man. I'm glad um, I'm glad I get to do it and I'm glad I'm back on it. Obviously, like I said, take a took a few weeks off uh, just with other things going on, but I'm Absolutely. Um, Everyone needs time to recharge the batteries, right? And after yeah. weeks and weeks of begging, you know, I I did finally say yes to you. So <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Hey, <laughs> everybody listening, make sure you follow Ardent Run Club on Instagram and that this is Ardent on all of our social media for updates on the podcast and us over here at Ardent. And subscribe to Ardent Run Club so you can be the first to know when the new episodes come out. Any last words, Kian? No, I think, I think I've said everything I need to say. And if you, if you leave me with another 30 seconds, you know I'll fill another 20 minutes of airtime. So you better wrap it up now. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been Ardent Run Club episode 74 with Kian Ren. Hope you learned something. Hope you've been inspired. Hope you find your fire. And thank you for listening. See you later.